Hello, my global friends. It's Isabella Lombikir, the World Messenger, and I'm welcoming you to Legacy Leader Show. Today, I have a very special guest that is joining me from Tampa, Florida. He looks extremely tanned and make me extremely jealous. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite uh, first mentors in the United States and someone that obviously naturally holds special place in my heart and, has uh, and for whom I have a tremendous gratitude. He's sole entrepreneur and founder of this Catalyst 360 and also founder and CEO of a 360 Nation, which we will dissect in a bit. And his name is Mr. Dennis Pitico. Welcome, Dennis. Uh, welcome. Yeah, thank you for the kind introduction. Yes, we have been, known each other probably for a decade now, at least. Yes, at least. And uh, I have to say it was an amazing journey, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the show today. Uh, because uh, through our early or my early uh, exposure, not only to social media, but uh, writing and contribution of my thought process and seeing the gaps in leadership, you uh, ignited uh, this um, spark that uh, never really stopped afterwards. So thank you again. Well, we need to thank you too, Isabella, because um you were actually one of our very first writers on our website way back. Um, and you were writing about leadership at the time. You may have been at a different phase in your career, but you know, we're today we have almost 700 writers. So you were in that initial group of people that stepped up and had a message to say. And I think a lot of what you wrote back then is timeless. Thank you. That is a huge compliment. But I also want an audience to really hear what prompts you to create this Catalyst 360 and uh, how was that personal yeah. professional journey and where the things are today, because obviously it's so wonderful to see um, ex things expanding and blossoming. But I want to also catch up as well to have an audience to walk us through through that whole <laughs> growth and expansion, <laughs> um, personal professional level. Okay, well, let me give you the, the, the uh, what they call the Reader's Digest version of my story, and you're welcome to probe a little further when I'm done. But I spent about uh, 35 years in uh, global banking and mortgage lending, traveling the world, opening businesses, selling businesses, uh, nothing to do with technology, nothing to do with websites, other than I went to them to do research uh, because of what I was doing. Um, I lived around the world. I met my wife during a stop, my last stop, which was in England, um, about a little over a decade ago. I sold my last business, which was a mortgage company over there, and uh, we moved back here to Tampa Bay. Um, and that's when the transition began, Isabella, from what I was, which was, I guess, a banker, for lack of a better term, to what I became. And I'd like to tell you that I had a roadmap. I didn't. I was an entrepreneur at heart because everything I was doing was entrepreneurial. So I was that risk taker. I was the guy in banking, for example, where they said, you know, we need somebody to go jump off that cliff. I would be the guy that would jump. I didn't know if there was water down there, but I knew if I was the guy that kept raising my hand, I would probably get more opportunities. And I did. And it allowed me to learn things that I probably wouldn't have been exposed to. It took me around the world of places I wouldn't normally go, have gone because I was probably more junior at the time, but the more senior guys with families or other commitments didn't want to go. So I started learning some of the value of that entrepreneurial spirit uh, early in my career. Well, a lot of people don't know 
is I never went to college. I couldn't, my parents couldn't afford it. I'm one of eight children of an Italian Catholic family out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. College was never even discussed. You grew up and you left home. And in Pittsburgh, you went to work for the steel mill. Well, none of us wanted to do that. So all of my brothers and I, which was five boys, we all went into the service. I joined the Air Force. And that was the beginning of my getting out of the Pittsburgh environment and learning through hard work, not because I had a certificate framed on the wall that said I had a bachelor's degree. Fortunately, it was a time in the world that we live in that you could still get into a job without a bachelor's degree or something. So anyhow, a little bit of fiber there. But so I lived around the world, did a lot of interesting things, met my wife, we got married, we moved to Tampa Bay. And this goes back a little over a decade ago. Now, the best analogy I can give you, Isabella, it's like the dog that's chasing the car. You finally catch the car and say, now what do I do with it? Because we caught the car, we were successful enough independently and together in business that when we landed here in Tampa Bay, we could have said, okay, we're retired. We're just gonna travel, but too young to do that. Um, so we said, now we've got all this, we've been blessed with success. We've got time, we've got some talent, and we've got some treasure. What do you do with it? Well, that's where it started the path down where we are today. We decided there were three things we wanted to do. Travel, because we always traveled for business, but I'm sure you've done business travel where you think you went to a city, but you really got out of the airplane, went to the meeting, got back on the airplane. You never really saw the city. Yes. So we did so much of that. I mean, I can tell you countries I've been to, but I couldn't tell you about thing about the country because I just landed and went to a meeting. Anyhow, so we said we're going to take that travel and we're going to discover the world. And I don't mean America. We said we want to see the rest of the world first, and then we'll come back to America, because it's amazing how the percentage of people that have never left this country is still in the high fifties to early sixty percent. It's such a big country, you don't have to go anywhere. We weren't gonna be those people. So we said, we're gonna travel. So whatever else we do, we wanna make sure it allows our travel. Second thing is we wanna maintain uh, connection. I'll just talk a little slower here. Anyhow, so I decided that I wasn't gonna go out and hire some company to build me a website and say, this is what we think you should have. I thought it would be good to build a website myself. Again, no technology background, let me just, figure it out because I've got the luxury of time. But let me build a website that I wouldn't mind going to when I was in business versus what the technical guy said, this is what you should have. Um, and that started literally sitting at a dining room table in England about nine years ago. Um, and that started a website, I'll come back to that later. And the third thing we said we were gonna do is we were gonna give back. Everybody says that, but and it's easy to just write checks. And we said, no, we want to roll up our sleeves and donate our time, not just our treasure to nonprofits. So we got very involved in nonprofits across Tampa Bay. We've done that for a number of years. I've been chairman of the board of a number of nonprofits. I'm a couple right now that I'm very involved in. That led us to another thing that we're doing that a lot of people don't know about, but it's tucked under 360 Nation. And it's called, uh, it's another website, it's called uh, GoodWorks 360. And what GoodWorks 360 is, we've took what we learned from operating this website and dealing with nonprofits. And I got to the point about three years ago where I said, you know, it would be nice given what we know about nonprofits, given our presence, given our connections around the world, 
I would like to be able to say to any nonprofit anywhere in the world, any good nonprofit, if you need help, we can virtually help you and there will never be a charge, it'll be free. Uh, that was a theory. About eight months after I came up with that theory and after talking to a lot of good nonprofit people I know and networking with people, uh, we launched Good Work 360. It's now two years later. We've got just over four dozen top-level professional volunteers around the world that are willing to roll up their sleeves virtually by Zoom, by Skype, by Google, by text, by email, whatever that by phone, uh, <clears throat> to help guide nonprofits through whatever challenge they might have. We've engaged over two dozen nonprofits. We've got some we're working with right now. So behind the scenes on Mondays and Fridays, we're working with nonprofits. Tuesday through Thursday, we're doing the big website. We're using the big website to shine a light on the nonprofits because if there's one thing we've learned about nonprofits everywhere, what they need is exposure. They need visibility because uh, Isabella, if you if you knew there was a nonprofit even in your community, and they were good people and they were passionate and they really had a mission that was right with your heart, you might do something for them. You might volunteer. You might send a donation. The problem is there's a lot of them like that, but people don't know where they don't know they exist because they can't afford to go out and build a giant website. They can't afford a publicity machine. So you can see how these things start to intersect. So we're traveling around the world and we're able to do that because you can do a website from anywhere. So no matter where we're traveling, I'm updating things. We're working on good works. We're working on biz catalyst. So um, those things all intersected. And then, you know, we started evolving just a little bit more. Uh, during my business career, I can tell you some of my experiences. I learned from some of the best mentors I could imagine, uh, but I've also learned from some of the worst. And I learned, you know, what I learned the wisdom of doing the right thing no matter what, and even when nobody's watching, that good old saying. And I learned that very early Absolutely. in my career. And that's carried me through leadership issues, through leadership challenges, carried me today from dealing with nonprofits, because we can both talk about how it's easy to do the alternative thing, the convenient thing, the easy thing. Uh, so I learned early on the value of that. I almost lost my job twice in banking because I, because I did that. Uh, because in my situations in banking, in both cases, I had discovered things going on in whatever I was running and the books were being cooked and I had to make a choice. Do I risk losing my career or do I take this to wherever? I always took it to wherever and somehow God bless somebody. I survived and the people that were cooking the books didn't. So uh, you, start, you start to define yourself over the years. I didn't get that out of a book. Again, I just got it out of the experience. So, I mean, those kind of pieces just keep kind of rolling around in our head. And then we started a couple of years back, well, long before the pandemic, long before all this stuff going on in America, saying, you know, we continue to have this, we're blessed, we say that a lot. What else can we do? Well, we started looking, given our travels, we were maybe more uh, accustomed or aware of what was going on around the world, different cultures. And we started taking a closer look at humanity, not our version of humanity, but the humanity that was being presented to us in different countries. And we said, we've got, we must have the tools to do something about that, not change the world. Everybody talks about it, 
but to change our little pieces of the world, however we can do that. Uh, and we started with contributions, right? Exactly. So we, uh, we created 360 Nation. And what is 360 Nation? People think it's a movement. It's not a movement. It's a ethos. I don't want to call it a manifesto. I don't want to call it, because those things kind of have connotations. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's, we need to label it so so everybody is grabbing how they want to perceive or how they're perceiving to label it. Right. Yeah. So 360 Nation is an umbrella under which we tuck all the stuff that we do for good. Like the website, BizCatalyst. A lot of people don't know this, but there's never been an economic model behind BizCatalyst. There's no advertising. It gives us the freedom to do whatever we want for our writers. We don't have to get editorial approval. We just do what we want to do. Um, and we're blessed that we don't have to make money. So it's just about presenting the best possible showcase of talent on there. On the good work side, same issue. So we tuck all of this under 360 Nation. We tuck our good works operation, we our nonprofits. We tuck our big 800 pound gorilla website. In the middle, we tuck everything else that we're doing for good. We have, as you know, we've got social media communities everywhere. We've got 30 some LinkedIn groups with 150,000 members. We've got a Facebook group with 20,000 members, you know, wherever we're on Twitter. We use those vehicles to showcase the nonprofits, to showcase the good work that our authors do. So they just keep intersecting. And now we're using them all to bring a greater awareness to humanity through 360 Nation. Other things we took under 360 Nation, I was invited about two months ago to be one of two dozen speakers um, on a worldwide event talking about suicide. Now, I'm not an expert in two suicide, but they invited me because I was willing and I had the capacity to do the research. And so I spent a half an hour talking about teen suicide. And these were some big name brand people. They were on the of launching a movie, but they wanted to bring everybody together first in a, I think it was a six hour presentation of speakers from around the world. Now we do that under our 360 umbrella because what's so important to me is not that we're just writing great articles and talking the talk, we wanna walk the talk. And I think it gives me more credibility when I'm speaking to people about this that it's just not a bunch of nice looking words on a piece of paper, but I can talk about the things we're doing in good works. I can talk about nonprofit we're helping, helping right now in Mumbai, India. We're, we're launching a good work, I'm sorry, we're launching a Meals on Wheels operation in India right now. Uh, I can talk about the public speaking we're doing. So, um, now- That is so amazing how much things yeah. mushroom in the recent years. And then from the vision you had at over a decade ago, it, it is so yeah. beautiful. In a way, yes, you did create the movement and 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 uh, it's a great angle of 360 in general. It's a holistic approach and looking things from a big round uh, overall uh, point of view. So anyway, please continue. I just want to say- Well, no, I like the word I have. Naturally pieces are falling in place. And, and again, I'd like to tell you, we were brilliant enough to predict this. We weren't. We just kind of rolled with the punches. I love your word you just used, holistic. That's a great way to define uh, what we're doing because it continues to intersect. And it's always for good, which means it's not for profit. I think if it was for profit, some of the things we do would be impacted. 
because, you know, is it going to make enough money if we do this? Uh, we don't worry about that. And we're blessed to be able to say that. So the final piece of the pie in terms of this evolution has happened uh, more so over the last six months since the world around us stopped with the pandemic. Uh, and even more so in the last few weeks when all these things started happening in America about equality. And what's interesting is we've been knocking at humanity's door for a long time. And it's like somebody finally opened the door. So if there's a silver lining under all this pandemic and sheltering at home, the silver lining is this. Suddenly people are opening the door and they're listening. In a lot of cases, it's because they're not going to work. They had the time. They're going on to Zoom now. They didn't even know Zoom existed. Um, so people are taking advantage of the technology and they're starting to read more. And we're publishing really good stuff that has a lot to do with what I'm talking about. So humanity, I'm sorry, the, the negativity that you read about all these terrible things, the silver lining is we've got people's attention now. And I'm back to the dog who's chasing the car. Now, what do we do with it? Well, we started doing a lot of things. We went out to all of our writers at the beginning of this pandemic. A lot of people said, well, why don't you just shut down for until the pandemic's over? Because all these businesses are shutting down and you're not in it for the money anyhow. And we said, no, you know, we've always done what was best for our writers and our audience. Everybody else may be shutting down, but we're going to do just the opposite. We're going to dig in deeper, but we're going to do this. We're going to stop focusing on Leadership 101 and social media and human resources, we're going to go out to our writers and say, look, everybody, we're going to continue to work. We do have a lot of interns, volunteer interns that have worked for us over the years. And when I say work for us, they're local college students. They're in the media studies program. They're trying to learn how to do what we do. So our deal with the college is, look, we will give them some live experience. We'll teach them what we know without reservation. What they're doing for us is keeping us young, keeping us sharp, keeping us on our toes, teaching us what the new generation is thinking. So it's been a Brilliant. wonderful relationship. So what we did though, goes back about, well, I guess whenever this all started, early March, we said we, we're not gonna shut the doors, but we're gonna release all those interns to go spend time with their families. So from here on in, we're gonna take it from here. It's gonna be harder, we think, but we weren't sure because everybody's distracted, maybe our volume would just go down. Well, here's what happened. At the same time we did that, we wrote to all of our writers and said, look, we're not gonna close the door, but we're gonna stop focusing on business. Uh, and we're asking all of our writers to send us stories of hope, of inspiration, of a brighter future. Uplift the people with your writing. Now, little did know we know what we were asking for. It's now about three months later. We've had the busiest quarter we've ever had in our entire nine-year history. We got such an avalanche of writing, and these are from people, Isabella, that would not normally write about hope and inspiration. They had the words inside of them, but they had the time to focus on some storytelling, and you know how valuable storytelling is. And so they took the writing skill we all knew they had. One lady, interesting lady, uh, she, she was laid off from her job because of what happened. So rather than sit there and sulk, she went to her neighbors and said, just give me a one word prompt. And she's written now a dozen, what she's called distraction stories. And we publish one every week. And 
it's things that were inspired by the one word, her neighbor. In fact, she titles the story with the neighbor's name. We had another lady that started writing articles to think about when you, during your drive time, if you have drive time. So those are two examples that they just kept coming in and coming in. So it changed our website because we shifted from probably 50-50 business, non-business, to now about 80% non-business. We rarely see a business order, and that's okay with us because the world has shifted. And yes, right now people they need a more thinking. personal, more, more, more deep right. within communication right. and, and aspects of it, yes. Right, so we've spent now three months, had the busiest ever, and of course, since we got rid of our intern, or I'm sorry, sent our, released our interns, it's fallen on us. So it's been a, a mad race. It's been a great race, but it's been a mad race. Along the way, we started doing weekly. We decided we need to do more in the middle of all this. So we launched a weekly uh, friendship bench on Zoom. So every Thursday, we got people from around the world joining us on what we call the friendship bench. And it's a place for people to come. There's no agenda. There's no ground rules. It's just a safe place to come to be seen, valued, and heard, and to talk about what's going on in the world around us. Well, that started with an interesting idea almost four months ago. Uh, we just had a call today at, at uh, 12 o'clock, and we had 25 people from eight countries on there today. Wow. It's a growing, growing nucleus of people, a lot of regular people, but every week, Isabella, we get some new people because they're hearing about it. And what's lacking, we're learning why this is happening, because I talked to these people individually, and they said, well, we don't have a place to go where we can feel safe to have an open discussion about just about anything. In England, they'd go to the pub while the pubs were closed. In America, they'd go to Starbucks mm. uh, if they were going to go at all, or they'd sit around the dinner table. But they weren't always comfortable. They could, they could have an open and honest discussion. So we said, when you come to the friendship bench, uh, the only ground rule is everybody gets acknowledged. We welcome everybody. We take a picture of the group and we send it to them afterwards. And we make sure everybody has a chance to say their, give their opinion, their story. How are they feeling? What's happening in their lives? Now that's question and answer thing has morphed over the weeks. Um, and today's discussion was all about something entirely different. One week we spent talking about nothing but the power of laughter in the middle of all this negativity. And that group spent an hour laughing. And we had some wonderful people that were in a group. Anyhow, so the point is, so we're now morphing into the online things and it's almost become a habit now we're taking what we're doing every week, which is one hour a week, and we're now moving into a brand new forum that's gonna be every other month because we're now sensing, it'd be great if Isabella wants to come talk to us and spend an hour with us, but we're getting into some pretty deep issues like what's going on in America. We're gonna do what people would call a deep dive, which means every other month we're gonna do a two-hour call by invitation, and it's gonna be focused on one issue, and I don't mean the kind of issue that's gonna cause people to bang heads. It's going to cause people to think deeper, to stop skipping across the water, and to start thinking about solutions. I don't mean global solutions, but within their sphere of community or relationships. Once again, where can you go and talk about uh, equality or discrimination? And I don't mean black and white. I'm talking about discrimination gender. 
where can you go these days and have that discussion? Well, we've created enough of a credibility issue, I'm sorry, credibility track record with our friendship bench that we can now move into the larger discussions, bringing these people with us. Now what we're trying to do is bring more voices in. And what I mean by that is, I mean voices that aren't necessarily like-minded. I mean, the 25, 30 people at Trevor Week, they're great people. They're already, I hate to call it this, drinking the juice. Uh-huh. Uh, we they're want people supporters, to- They're already there, but right. not- They already understand it. And learning opportunity to occur, right? Right, we want people that might come in. I don't mean negative people. I mean people with a contrarian opinion that we a can learn from. A different point of view that we need to learn from because, because right. we have a different experiences. All of us have a different experiences and those different experiences shape what we think, what we believe, and how do we show up, right? And some of you those beliefs need to better. adjust because if I was never exposed to uh, black African-American culture, I will never really know what to talk about, right? Because I don't have no experience. And so many that, that, people are afraid of things they don't know. Wonderful, wonderful example, because if we had this deep dive call going on today, our question would be to the black people on the call who are great people, you know, how do you feel about what's going on? And we just, and what we emphasize with these calls is it's our job to shut up and listen. And I don't mean be thinking about our response to the question. If I said, Isabella, how do you feel about what's going on in America right now? You've got the floor. Now, we want to be respectful of time, but you're going to have plenty of time to answer the way you want to answer it and to entertain questions. And we're going to have plenty of time to peel back the layers even more. So when you get off this call, you're going to feel, wow, they actually listened to me versus interrupted versus tried to get their opinion across. But we want the deep dives to start with a challenge or question or whatever you call it and conclude with some things that we can actually do about it individually. And that'll lead to my last piece here. Then I will shut up and listen to you for a moment. We were going <laughs> down. To, we were going. It's, it's, it's okay, but it's, it's it's also dialogue and exchange. So no worries, please. Oh, ahead. thanks. We, we we were going down this humanity thing, and again, suddenly the world stopped, and the door opened, and suddenly we were noticed. Writing started coming through the world. People wanted to talk to us more. People, more people wanted to write us. The nonprofits needed us more because they were going through the pandemic issues. And, you know, they don't have the strength of management, as we know, that normal businesses have. So all of a sudden, our interns are gone. We're being pulled in 10 directions. So here's what we did. For three months, we just kept working 24-7, whatever it took. All of our travel had stopped because nobody was traveling. So the good news is we couldn't travel anyhow. So we decided we're just gonna keep on doing what we do and it was on long hours. About, let me see, what was it? Oh, it was these, the um, last 10 days in May, we took a 10 day digital sabbatical. And we said to everybody, look, we're not closing. The website's still there. It's still gonna be doing a lot of neat things automatically, but we're gonna stop publishing for 10 days. Uh, Number one, we need a rest. Number two, we want to step back and think about what we've experienced, and we want to come back it with a with a fresh set of ideas and more things to do to continue this walk down the path of humanity. Because we're convinced that the door may be open, but we're starting we're putting our foot in the door right now because we're afraid it's going to slam before long. People are going to go back to their robotic existences, 
Many of the people that have joined us will stay with us, Isabella, but a number of them will go back to the, whatever they did before. They may be changed a bit, but they don't have time now to get on our call. They don't, you know, whatever. So we said, we're going to think about that now, see what we can do about it. So we went away for 10 days and we were unplugged from all social media, which if anybody had a reason not to be do that, it's us. We said, no, if we can do it, other people can do it when we get back. And they said, well, I don't have time to unplug. Well, of course you do. Anyhow, I started keeping a journal. The idea was to start making notes of what we were thinking about on this humanity thing, thinking about the experience we've been through. And we came back, you know, well-rested. Um, I think we, my wife and I knew each other even better than when we left. <laughs> because we were we were actually Yay! connecting it. we were connecting we were listening better perhaps that being uh, present right uh, well you use that you're using that magic word aren't you so you know when people say well what'd you do i said you know it's interesting we didn't have an agenda we kept a journal which i'm going to come back to in just a minute but i said the best way i can define it is we, em we fully embrace the opportunity to reclaim what I'll call our little slice of humanity. We walked a lot every single morning. We walked about five miles. We talked a lot. We talked a lot about what people call the eight pillars of joy, mm. perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, uh, gratitude, uh, compassion, generosity. And I have to say, honestly, that shift happens, as they say, shift. And we came away with a fresh perspective on what we did, how we do it, and we decided we're gonna do more, and we're gonna do more good. And that's where it picks up. Because the, mo the day I got back, this journal that I was keeping morphed into an article. I didn't intend to write an article, but it became clear to me that one of the things we realized, you know, we've been talking about humanity, and you can go to a page or two on our website, and you can see 360 Nation, and you can see what we mean by that. And people could read it, but we were being presumptuous, Isabella, to think that people truly understand what we meant by humanity. So we decided, it's like you defining leadership, and you think everybody knows what leadership is. Well, there's servant leadership. You know, there's all those different layers of leadership. There's good leadership, there's bad leadership. There's leadership that you read in the Harvard Business Review, and there's the leadership of the wisdom that Isabella's gotten over the years that would be priceless compared to what you're reading in the Harvard Business Review. So. We said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to expand our 360 Nation website page to give a real definition of what we mean. And by doing that, we've done things like we put all, our, all of our values there, but they're all one word values. I'll just give you an example. Please. Acceptance, joy, humility, recognition, service, kindness, balance, fun, creativity, honesty, happiness, justice loyalty and now there's probably three dozen words because i've learned long ago saying less is saying more so we have what some people might call in a business a mission statement it's not that it just tells you what we're all about and then it gives you our values but every one of them is in one word and then we go on to talk about the friendship bench because people don't know about that and then we talk about a number of other things but the most important thing we did that didn't exist, it was taking this journal and turning it into what we would call a roadmap. And what I mean by that is people on our calls over the past quarter have said, oh, we like what you're doing, we like the values and all that, but you know, how do we do, what do we do with it? 
and that was where the light bulb moment came from. I wrote an article and it's called, and I'll put this in the margin for you. It's called In Search of Humanity, Time to Do More. And the entire article was our way of creating a roadmap. And I don't mean a roadmap that you publish and it's done. We created what we call an evolving roadmap, trying to tell people, if you want to follow our lead, or humanity's lead, not our lead, and you want to take all these values and do something with them, it seems to me that it's time for me, Dennis, and everybody we're associated with on our end, and you folks, to do more. In other words, do something with it. Let's stop the walk, start the walking and stop the talking because I can write articles all day long and you can read them all day long, Isabella, but it's execution that's always the issue. So Absolutely. we're going to start walking. So wrote this article and it's funny, what's interesting about this article, it started out by saying people, there's 11 things that we think we need more of to bring humanity, like more authenticity, more acceptance, more activism, more citizenship, more compassion. So we had like 11 things a week ago. This is when it was published, the first day I got back. It's now a week later, we now have 22. So we've gone, uh, we've doubled the number of mores. And why did we do that? We sent the article out to the world that we live in, in this giant machine. And we said to people at the end of the article, what else you included? Yeah, we said, help us, help us help you build the foundation for a better version of humanity, because we're not building our humanity. We're saying we're not the smartest people in the room. Tell us what you define we need more of. So we're building this foundation. What more bricks can you put in place with our help? The feedback, once again, was overwhelming. So now we're up to 22 more things that people can do. And now we're moving towards the idea of saying, all right, this sounds a little bit gimmicky. It's not meant to say that, but people want guidance. So we're saying, all right, it, you could be overwhelmed by this list. How about you pick one thing every week and do it? For example, um, more compassion or more uh, kindness. A good example of that, I was speaking with somebody yesterday and they said, you know, I took that to heart, Dennis. And I realized that, you know, they were involved with the nonprofit. And they said, you know, I can write a check for $50 and feel like I'm doing more, but I'd like to write a check for $100 now, make it a stretch donation for me, which means I need that money for something else. But it's going to mean more to me if I give more than just giving what, oh, that $50, that's nothing. So there's a live example. Somebody said, I'm going to do more starting this week, and I just did it. And so next week you pick off another more, it could be more gratitude, could be more listening, more love, more purpose. Um, so this, this road is already twice the size it was last week. And I, on that conference call I had today, the Zoom call, the uh, friendship bench, there were more ideas coming. So I would argue by the time this road is built, it's gonna go on forever. And that's okay, because now people that say to us, we like what you're saying. We like your vision. We like 360 Nation. We'd like to join in your quest for a better humanity. How do we get there? We point them to the roadmap. And then we say, but tell us if we're missing something. If you think we need more X and we don't have, we have more Y. And then don't just tell us, walk the talk. What are you doing about it? Mm. You know, so 
you can see how uh, again organically it's, it's, it's evolving and expanding but also sense of ownership it's not anymore just your thing and and, and from few exactly. people with an organization now it's a sense of ownership of everybody inclusivity and expansion and i have to joke around with this I thought you were going to be stuck with the 10 commitments, but apparently you have already 22. <laughs> yeah, but what's interesting <laughs> is... It, era, it, different era in different times called for different commitments, I guess, for us as a human to behave right. and be. So uh, I think that's admirable, and uh, I love your inclusivity in, in, in inclusion in terms of... Um, sharing and, and adding to it and, and, and obviously owning it and um, that listening to pulse of the world. I think that's extremely important. The message there is it's not our humanity, it's our humanity. Absolutely. As a group. Absolutely. So help us build the map and help us define what we mean. Tell us your, you know the power of storytelling. If you're going to do a course in leadership, it's always better to say, I, Isabella, was working somewhere at one time and this happened because people connect with storytelling. Well, we want people to now come back with their more stories. If you, do, if, if you, Isabella, chose this week to be for more compassion, well, tell us next week what you did, and we'll add that to another article saying, here's, here's the work of humanity in action now. So we're continuing to get, now we're moving, and what we came out of this 10-day digital sabbatical with is start walking, less talk, no matter what it is. And so everything's tied to energy and action and execution and uh, we've come across some amazing people that we're now intersecting with. And a little bit of that, I think it's just good karma. Good people that have kind of gone down paths like this. There's a guy named, I don't know if you know, Mike Vacanti. Mike yes. Vacanti, yes, he's been running yes, Humans First. Well, Mike and I connected some time ago. So we're collaborating now literally around the world on Humans First. And our people that are involved in our calls are involved in his calls and Mike and I are doing a lot of interesting work now for good because Mike's kind of in the same blessed position he's not in it for the money he's in it to see what we can do and you know the power of two people doing it together is so much easier it's I love what you just said when natural alliance and partnership happens when shared vision occurs then uh, it's always room for healthy collaboration, no need for competition, no need to look at what's in there for me and instant gratification. A lot of people, uh, fortunately, will not resonate with that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know that over years, what you created has tremendous value and tremendous impact, had tremendous impact on me and my confidence coming as a refugee from former Yugoslavia. English as a sixth language and trying now to express my thoughts and ideas. And then look at you, you showed up as my mentor, as a, as a, in a way indirectly, not because of age, as a father model, a role model and figure and somebody who was just so genuinely interested in my well-being. And I wanted listeners to hear this because um, when you run into that and then you see the path, and I will not be today where I'm at if it was not you in my in life when I truly needed the most, when people, just because I express myself differently, I use different vocabulary, not the same recycled words and stick with thousand words in English language that has a millions of words that I can actually use, right? So and, yep. and just having that freedom and, 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 and in different point of view and not being in this cookie cutter box, 
through corporate <laughs> America or global management, right? And then now uh, I have to say you practice this way back when, and I'm so glad that you articulated because it's even 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 decade or, or 15 years ago, you were doing exactly that, uh, raising awareness of humanity through our experiences. And as a result, these platforms naturally organically expanded. So kudos and deep well, gratitude. You. And what I want to make sure that listeners are hearing, obviously, you have this Catalyst 360 platform where everybody can contribute by writing and adding their voice. So in a way, you are creating something that I remember doing early ages, early stages when I ran nonprofit being a voice for voiceless. But now it's like not only it's a platform, it's a platform that everybody can have a voice and be included. Uh, but with shared understanding of healthy humanity, we may agree to disagree, but we're still respectful towards each other. We have the fundamental foundation that is built on those healthy uh, 22 commandments <laughs> that you have so far. And, 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 and you've been walking the talk and, and walk through all of that. And then now, obviously, with humanity side, I feel like calls um, very profound, much deeper digging. So I'm glad you touched oh, on yeah. that. Yeah. And obviously, the bench space, I think it's a wonderful idea because uh, so many people are like myself. I'm by myself. I, I've been in isolation and self-isolation and, and, and also on my own. And uh, luckily, I learned how to do that years and years ago, but yeah. I had a moment yeah. where it was still challenging. I would see people occasionally, like I'm seeing you only virtually, but I will not have a, any human face-to-face -face interaction, let alone touch or hug or, or conversation or shared meal. I can't tell you how many meals I had on my own without opportunity to share with someone I care and love. And, and, and I always knew the value of humanity, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but I just realized how those little things, uh, that genuine interest and, 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 and opportunity to have that conversation and shared meals and travel or, or, or hikes or whatever, uh, really do make a tremendous difference uh, of, of that human interaction and what humanity means to me or for other people. But in the same time, as a result of those exchange, uh, what we now are better off to move forward. Hey Amen. Boy, you couldn't have said that better. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you, because you're you're telling a real story of your life, and I, there's so many people listening to this that will say they see themselves in your story. It's a mirror of what they went through, and it's nice to hear that you're not alone. Or you, they weren't doing it. I mean, they weren't unique in that regard. It wasn't just them, it was other people. So good on you. Thank you. But it's also attitude. You're, we are not victims. We only, if we choose to, yes. we, we're going to be. And I never let it overshadow. And reason why I'm also seeing the need for humanity, I'm not saying issues that we're seeing don't require a modified they need. And we need to shed a light on them because over 400 years to have something still unresolved, it is troublesome. But also I have to contrast this for exodus and issues that happened to me in late, early oh, 90s, yeah. actually, mid 90s, uh, no longer ago, with less than 25 or less than, yeah, around 25 years ago, 
uh, it is possible to forgive. It's possible to move on. It's possible to learn from it. And I hope that healing with uh, forgiving and closure comes fair, fairly close so that we can truly foster that um, welcoming, healing, supportive environment. Uh, that can I just say, you have just written an article right there. You need to put that in writing. That's, exact, <laughs> that's exactly what people need to hear right now. Uh, and you're speaking from the heart, which is why it's, I should say easy to say, Isabel, and I apologize for interrupting you, but my goodness, that's powerful stuff you're saying there. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I will I will take you upon that and then I will share article. And uh, since you are now inspiring and motivating me to address that because <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that you can you can share with the, again with your nation. <laughs> yeah. But we also, will. but also to really be this uh, voice of inclusion and diversity, because that's really all that I ever knew personally, and that's all that I will accept. And I honestly think we need to be those um, greeters and and welcomers and supporters, and 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 showing that actually not what we cannot do, but look at what we can do and how much power and impact we can have and how important well, been, it is to focus on that you've been walking the talk for a lot longer than most people oh you're very kind thank you that means a lot coming from you but i also wanted to highlight something i remember early days and you helped me to uh crystallize a few things uh obviously we always talk about leadership and how sometimes those words get recycled and overused mm. and and diluted but we also talk about the highest tier and i always said to me it's all about legacy like i feel like if you go to the highest peaks and mountains um uh, from on t uh you know to the highest peaks and tikes tops you don't want to reach those on your own because it's no satisfaction and 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 don't matter if you don't have a people to celebrate those successes with but also to stretch yourself and push further than ever possibly imagined that we can go to right so yep. we we had a sure understanding that actual legacy is that that top peak for all of us uh and some legacies are being acquired early on while we're still alive and a lot of times people confuse that because, oh my God, we're talking now about how much money I made and how many buildings and streets my name will be recognized for, et cetera. Even though, yes, it could be one aspect of it. And not long if you have a lot of um, uh, wealth uh, financially to support those efforts, but that, if that's the main focus, then it's ego-driven focus. But you helped yeah. me to distill something beautifully that I want to share with the audience. And I'll actually planning to do an article on this as well, which absolutely I always will give a credit when it's credit due. <laughs> but you helped me to formalize something so beautiful. And I struggle and I didn't even know that I struggle and you just like whipped it in a second and showed me, I was like, Isabella, this is how simple this is. This is legacy leadership success formula. And I was like in A, I'm like, yes, you got it. It's, it's totally right. And, and, and you said something, legacy leadership equal impact that is multiplied with breath that is multiplied with duration and multiplicity of impact and 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 then what all those words mean and how they're defined and how we can reach that and reason i'm bringing this up dennis uh i think that is really same thing when we're what i'm hearing you earlier sharing 
from humanity aspects of it. It's how do we go back yeah. to uh, not only quote unquote the highest quality, but the, the quality that are the most essential for every human being to have. And that we cannot um, do shortcuts or bypass or whatever, because there should be part of our DNA, who we are. And if it's not, then we need to help build that in other people. Um, I remember speaking uh, on same event uh, where Dalai Lama spoke in Denver at the University of Denver 2001 or 2002, I believe. Uh, there was a Peace Jam event. And even though I work with people from over 100 countries and very diverse uh, cultures, from worst possible imaginable atrocities of genocide, torture, war trauma, human trafficking, rape victims, I never understood why I'm having struggle with Americans and some Americans uh, from perspective. I was like, you know, but it's like with kindness and passion and compassion, you know, you know, like, wh why, why don't you understand? And Dalai Lama said something that changed my life forever. He said that biggest deficit he sees the people are missing is kindness, compassion, and empathy. And I was shocked. I was like, I thought everybody's born with that. I thought, honestly, we're all born with it. And, 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 and this is part of our DNA. This is who we are. And then I realized how different my upbringing might be mm -hmm. and how nurturing I am blessed, how blessed I was that I had phenomenal grandma, uh, you know, as a, as a, my first mentor and my dad, uh, and, and how much that was part of my DNA since I, since I could remember since I was a little girl and, and, wow. and, and just having this, uh, outpour from him saying, we need to work on this. If we really want a wealthy society, the wealth will be measured by these three elements. Because when we have that in every individual, we can go places that we never possibly imagined that we can go. Hmm. Powerful, powerful stuff. And it's just, I mean, it's, I don't mean to say this. Uh, it's so simple. It's amazing. Yes. Absolutely right, because answers are always the most pointed, answers are always in front of us, and they're simple, but we think about it, and it has to be some grandiose idea, or that has to be so complicated. That's the reason I'm sharing again how much I was struggling to figure it out, to put in in, in, in a logical sense for a lot of people who really want a tangible, you know, it's like, oh, then it's created the formula. Here we go. It's right there. I was like... <laughs> Wow, I didn't even know that formula could exist for something like that. But in a way, which is like this aha moment for me as well from strategic thinking and then what components and ingredients are and what components ingredients are of that human um, and humanity that we need right now. And the yeah. first three are always kindness, compassion. And um, the third one, obviously, is um, empathy, right? If we don't mm. have empathetic feeling, we cannot bridge the gap and, 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 and between interactions, between the people that are differing from us, or they're different, or, or, or just simply we never had exposure before, and now we don't know what to do. And, and the first thing that usually comes, it's a fear because we're rejecting what we fear, what we don't know, or, or it's ignorance. And neither of those two will serve us and cannot be any more reason to have them uh, as a part of, of the society that needs to 
move not only this nation, but the world moving forward in the right direction. Thoughts? Well, my thought is this. You reminded me of a quote, and thank you for your kind words. You know, who was it that said, oh boy, people may not remember who you are, but they'll remember how you made them feel? Yes, yes, very familiar with that one, yes. Somebody much, much more famous than I'll ever be, but thank you, because, you know, I had no idea what I was saying was going to have a domino effect on you. And it's nice to see that it did, uh, because to me, as you said, it was kind of second nature because I learned it through my own experience. Uh, that's very nice to see. Very nice to hear. Absolutely. And I just want to say uh, it's great to see platform that is not for profit, that is so inclusive, that is also uh, expanding and growing. That's the reason why it's growing, because it's a craving to belong somewhere that is not politically labeled, that is not ethnically labeled, that is not a degree or age or title labeled. And yeah. too much of that, and that alienates uh, the sharing and in true nature. And, and I really believe, as a result, those are the most powerful lessons that others can learn. So... Speaking now of legacy and aspects of the legacy, obviously you never thought where you're going to be decade or, 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 or two decades ago uh, in other realms of your life. So what, what do you desire now with the wisdom and experience to what would you say would you like your legacy to be? Uh, just, you know, two words or three words. That's four words. He was an honorable man. Um, That's it. Just honorable, uh, because that's the way I've walked my talk. I, I've said this early in our discussion today, but I've always been grounded by the notion of doing the right thing. And, you know, I've had this discussion about doing the right thing around the world. I've had it with friends, I've had it with family. And some people actually say, well, how do you know what that is? I said, look, unless you're six years old, you, you know what the right thing is. You know, because you, you gotta, when you get to the age of reasoning, Right and wrong is obvious. It's not a question of what's wrong, it's a question of what choice you make. Absolutely. And those choices, and those choices come full circle. And I've learned, and I say this honestly, not from a spiritual perspective, but I really do think there's something a good karma. And every, we see it time and again, my wife and I, whenever we're constantly doing the right thing, it comes back full circle for good for either what we're doing or for something we're touching i'll just give you a, a good live example you go to walmart this goes back a few years back and the lady said uh, she over she gave us too much change for a purchase i stopped her went back to the store and said here and she said do you know that you just saved my job now it wasn't a lot of money to me but it was more the principle of what we did. And that just resonated with us. And we tell that story because we've had so many experiences like that where you can make a choice and get away with it, but you don't do it. And you say, well, why not? Well, because it comes full circle. And I think, you know, doing the wrong thing probably comes full circle too. I just haven't experienced that. So that's the legacy it goes back to just being honorable and having something that we all used to call integrity. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. And do you have anything else that you would like to share in closing? I know that we're getting to close the top of the hour and okay. you have other no. stuff going on, but I want to make I, sure I, you have a chance to also say to some closing remarks. And this is just the beginning. You will be back. 
Thank you. I just I just invite people to, and as you know, as you said, we're not a for-profit website. So when I invite you to come to our website, it's not because there's going to be a pop-up trying to sell you a book or something. Come to our website. You'll see 360 Nation. It's on every single page right at the top. Click on it and read it and, and join us. Help us do more and help us recreate, or I'm sorry, rediscover humanity at its best. Meanwhile, I'll be looking forward to receiving an article from Isabella <laughs> on all these amazing bits of wisdom that you have rattled off. People want to hear that right now. That is perfect. I definitely will do that and I will keep my word. And thank you so much for showing up and sharing. You're and welcome. it's so wonderful to see the growth expansion. And I'm looking forward to many more years and ways so we can make it, in fact, uh, even more so together. So thank you, Dennis. Pleasure having You're you. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll do this again.